On this week's Back of the Grid, we're going to be picking apart the data from testing. We're going to be making some predictions for the season ahead and looking ahead to the first race of the 2024 season. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Back of the Grid. I am Chris. That's Stu. Hi. And that's Tom. Hello. That that's that's, that's, a, that's a new way of doing it. Yeah. Chris. That's an intro. <laughs> that's um, an intro. <laughs> it's only race week. Yeah, it is only race. Or if you're Ferrari, it's something like Ra Kwek or something like that. Like they did a poster frame, yeah. like that someone posted in the Discord, and it just like made no. The way the type was laid out was awful, and it made, Ra, like, made me have an amnurism. It reminds me of a uh, "Don't Dead Open" inside from uh, the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's how we start this season gang yeah. and yeah rawi seek rawi seek um, rawi seek everyone it sounds like some sort of i feel like i should ring a bell <laughs> when i say it rawi seek <laughs> anyway we've had testing um when the when the drain covers weren't falling off and causing red mm. flags which is uh i saw i read an interesting theory on why that suddenly happened today. I mean, obviously someone hadn't done a good enough job of like securing the drain covers, but also these, someone's saying most of these cars seem to be much, much better at riding the curbs than previous seasons. So all the drivers were using way more curb and spending more time on drain covers and ripping them out of the floor. But um, hmm. that's by the by. Well, um, well, it's an interesting topic because... If that's going to happen, if I mean that's happened at Bahrain, Bahrain's not a circuit known for having loose drain covers in the past, right? Like, I think if, it's no, the first I mean, time I'm, try, I'm trying to remember where guys. we were the year that like someone did problem. rip one out the curb. There, someone, there was one in Malaysia, the first one I remember in Malaysia, in Malaysia yeah. Yeah. where yes, it was a really bad one and it just like Roger, absolutely, it was. Was it yeah, yeah, it was in a half, it was a Lotus. Oh, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was after that was Haas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it was a while ago, it was a long time ago, and then there were there were other, there was obviously the infamous, um. Uh, Las Vegas one that um, yeah. happened to Science, and uh, there's yeah. there's still like there's still ongoing inquiries with Formula yeah. One about like Ferrari is still trying to get some money back. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, but, uh, Russell in Baku when he was in the Williams as well. Yeah, there was that one. Yeah, yeah. There was so so it has happened in the past, but like th- those were those are kind of obviously those are at street circuits so you can kind of understand yeah. it a little bit more i think for it to be happening happening at a race a, you know a, a purpose built race circuit is potentially a bit more of an issue it it points to like these cars having much more hoovering effect in their mm. uh, in their way they produce their downforce and it's obviously you know having an effect on so sucking up I mean, if you put a hole in if it's going to create a big vacuum underneath that drain and and <laughs> suck the cover off of it clearly so that's definitely something they're going to be heavily you'd hope they will be heavily on the lookout you would hope a memo would have gone out to every single circuit and being like right make sure you make sure everything's secure for when we arrive because obviously these cars are producing much more suction than they were in the past and i think that could be a root cause of this and also if they're riding the curbs more then that's just going to compound it even further yeah 
can you all tell everyone that this was a really hard uh, test session to draw any conclusions from? <laughs> We're talking about drain covers. What yeah, this is, that's what everyone wants us to talk about, drain covers, right? I know, right? It wouldn't be bad. And really everyone's if we didn't moved talk on to the next like thing that they want to do on the internet. No one's listening anymore. Or maybe they so are, and that's why they're here for that well, exact yeah, kind we of insight. We are the next thing. We are the next thing on the internet. Um, <laughs> the, the next big thing. Don't know about that. Um, yeah, testing. Pretty hard to draw any massive conclusions. I've kind of grabbed some. What our documents have been edited multiple times, and it's now become the total guesswork one lap page chart, <laughs> and some very rough um, sort of race pace ideas. We'll kind of just go team by team and have some thoughts and try and figure it out, I guess. Um, yeah. The thing almost everyone seems to agree on is that Red Bull look the best. Um, yeah. Well, there's two things we can agree on. Red Bull do. I think Red Bull do look the get the best, but I w- I wouldn't necessarily bet my house on it but i think mm-hmm. they do look the best um and i think i would bet my house on alpine looking the worst i think they look atrocious <laughs> oh boy yeah they had a rough one um yes yeah, so red bull uh perez actually only did the fifth fastest lap of the test for staff did the sixth fastest lap both on c3 tires they did the third most laps of anyone i suspect that car never ran with anything less than about a quarter tank of fuel though i don't think they ever ran mm. that car it certainly didn't look like a car that was running on fumes to put in a fast lap no it, yeah um and also engine modes as well they would have they yeah. there's no way they turned the engine up when you look at you just have to look at how happy max verstappen looked with um yeah with with the car after he'd you know, he's the kind of guy that he's going to struggle to hide if he's upset, especially given how, you know, drastically they developed that car, clearly. So, um, yeah, if, if it had all gone wrong, I think you'd know about it pretty quick In for Stappen's interviews. I think he'd really struggle to hide his emotions. And, yeah, in, this, in exactly the same way, he struggled to hide his emotions, how happy you are. He's going to know, you know, if that car feels better than it did last year, then... Yeah, he's, he's got another championship on his hands, hasn't he? Yeah. That's what he's thinking. They, as a team, they looked very calm and happy with how mm. things went, which is always ominous. Um, I don't think Ferrari are a million miles off them, though. Um, in terms of one lap pace, most people seem to have them three or four tenths off. It it does. It kind of feels like Ferrari have, because they were always good over one lap last couple of seasons, it feels a bit like they've sacrificed a bit of one lap pace to improve their race pace, which they needed to do because yeah. for a few years now, they've had a fast car in qualifying and then not generally had the race pace. Well, yeah, um, what, was it, what was it last season? Leclerc grabbed something like five poles, six poles, and Max won from all of them? Or every single one of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, it had been some like ten over the last two seasons altogether. I think yeah. it had gotten two, and he'd won like it. He'd only won one of them. Yeah, so, I mean, talking yeah. About, uh, when you talk across the last couple of seasons, part of the problem that Ferrari have is their Ferrari. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> like even if they've got the fastest car, they're going to find some way of not winning races. You can just guarantee it. Well, I think without getting too into the weeds, I think strategically they weren't too bad at all last season. I think they. Made definitely improvements, but, improvement. but there were there were there weren't as many 
tense fights, though. I don't think. Last yeah, season. I think the, the the few times they were, they they made the right calls. I think, but like they were, you know, they didn't have enough. They didn't have that many opportunities to cock up strategy last year. Whereas I think this year they'll have a lot more opportunity to cock up strategy. Um, another Achilles heel people do seem to think they have improved is their tire munching. Yeah. Um, Leclerc, they, yeah. they never did a full race simulation, but Leclerc did a kind of two stint race stint where he was pretty damn close to Verstappen's race sim. And crucially, the tire life seemed good. Like there wasn't massive drop off the end of stints or anything. So yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm hopeful that Ferrari are going to be closer at the start of this year than they were at the start of last year. Um, and they finished the end of last year, like having closed the gap quite a bit, and probably should have won in Vegas if not for a safety car. So, yeah. promising signs, I think, from Ferrari. I'm hopeful. From what? I've yeah, seen. I mean, the car looked good. It, it looked. It looked good on track. I have to say that it. It did look like a you know, a very comfortable, it looks more comfortable to drive, car to drive. Um, but I think there's a few, there's a fair few cars on the grid that look a lot more comfortable to drive um, this year yeah. than maybe they have done in the past. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's just so hard to call any of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it feels like the next little group is McLaren and Mercedes who are, a, I don't know, over the three days, there were moments where it's like, Oh, they've got this, and then the other actually you know, terrible Mercedes faster. Oh no, McLaren seems to be faster. Um, I think over one lap, the McLaren probably looks better. Race pace wise, McLaren didn't have it. Like they don't. I think they only need one race sim again, but generally they didn't look great. In fact, Piastri's race sim was slower than Albon's and about on par with Ricardo's, and it seemed to have a bit of a tire munching issue. Um, yeah. Again, we're only basing this off a single race sim they did, so there could be other factors. Um, but I mean, it definitely looks like a better race car than they started last season with. We can say that for sure. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, d- does anyone have anything to add to that? <laughs> yeah, McLaren. Are brief weird. pause. McLaren had some um, reliability issues as well. Like they, they were ninth of the 10 teams in terms of laps completed um i can't remember exactly what their issues were but i spent a lot of time in the garage at one point Mm. um yeah uh so okay let's let's talk about the interesting things about these two teams um are we talking just mercedes are we talking mclaren we'll cover both because they seem to be both they seem to be around a similar pace um there's, okay, there's so more McLaren things to say about Mercedes, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I don't. I, from what I saw, McLaren didn't really. I mean, they didn't. The development they brought, I don't think, are ever going to set the world on fire. I think it is a sort of an, a, a, a mild evolution. Looks like of yeah. last season's car. I can't see anything on on the on the top surfaces of the car that looked that much different from last year. Maybe I'm wrong. Some keyboard warrior will surely get me if I have. So that's fine. Um, obviously, a lot of all of the interesting stuff happens underneath the car with these cars anyway and if they haven't developed that then you know fair play to them i think something interesting that i did hear um one of the commentators say i think it might have been uh anthony davidson maybe um mentioned that and it's a dynamic that i haven't really thought about that much up until i heard him say it and it's the and i've come up with my own analogy for this as well but um when you think about 
I'm going to go off tangent a little bit here. You, when you think about a, a rocket taking off and going up into the air, when it reaches max Q, so that's the maximum aerodynamic um, pressure um, as, it, as it speeds up through the atmosphere, it has. you have to think of it more of as like a piece of spaghetti going through the air. It's, it's no longer a infinitely, but it's not an infinitely rigid object. No object can be infinitely rigid. So when it's moving through the air really fast, it, it sort of wibbles. And um, the same thing can be said for the the skin, if you like, of a Formula One car, the surfaces along a Formula One car, including underneath a Formula One car. And that's where the real, I think a lot of people don't realize that that's where the real magic is happening with the downforce that mm. these cars are creating underneath. It's the way the carbon is layered over the top of itself to flex in different ways to create different pressures in the air as as it runs underneath the car and that's how they're able to manipulate the air and, and create you know these astronomical levels of downforce that they're creating with um with with the underbody mm. so you could take endless photos of the geometry of the the beneath of one of those cars copy it exactly but if you don't get that layering of the carbon exactly the yeah. same then it won't be as effective it won't do the job as well. It'll do, it'll do, obviously it'll still be effective to a degree, but if you don't have that same flexibility in the same spots, then you're not going to get the same performance from it. Which is so, basically invisible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an absolute secret that it's so easy for the teams to keep because it's impossible to, to make out using imagery. So, and that I think is where Red Bull have got a real advantage over everyone else. And it's just mm. absolutely baked in. No one's ever yeah. going to be able to sort of figure unless you can, get hold of their floor and do all kinds of sensor tests on it and <laughs> yeah. you're never going to be able to figure it out unless you have um, insight into adrian newey's brain <laughs> all that yeah so um yeah mclaren you know obviously mclaren have got their own things going on there and it could be that it could be that mclaren of of you know hiding a lot of pace it could i think all the team i don't think any of the teams other than maybe one or two have really you know thrown down anything like a gauntlet i think i'm, yeah. I'm I, I don't even want to put any guesses in. I mean, this this uh, pace chart for me is just fantasy. I I, I don't think <laughs> it represents anything rigid at all. I don't think it has any true representation of what the what, what the standings current what the current order is in Formula One. Um, no offense, Chris. I know you've gone to a lot of effort to. to <laughs> I mean, I've just taken from elsewhere. <laughs> So yeah, McLaren. I haven't during testing. I haven't seen anything special. I don't think from them so far. But you know, they could have been hiding it. They could, it could be that we get to Bahrain on. Let's not forget on Thursday and yeah. Friday, and the race is actually for those of you. We should have done a public service announcement at the very beginning, <laughs> just saying that the race is on Saturday because Formula One have done a terrible job so far of pointing out to the world that yeah. they've moved everything forward by a day. Even the um, commentators didn't seem entirely yeah. sure what the calendar was didn't like during clue. testing. Didn't have a clue. Half of them didn't even know. Um, anyway, that's by the by. It's a good job they're already there, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, McLaren they could have something up their sleeves. I think Mercedes, from the outside, have got more interesting things going on. I think I've said, you know, I've said time and time again that Mercedes suspension has has not been good enough it's not being well developed enough for them to compete and it finally looks like they're doing much more interesting things with their suspension they've got so there was the the whole thing with with their render that 
Um, I think someone commented like last week, maybe yeah, mentioning something vague about this, but I don't know if they were, I don't know if we were quite on the same page, but they have like a, an adjustable, I think it's the, the rear, it's the upper rear wish, upper front, the rear element of the upper front wishbone can be adjusted to be about three centimeters in height and difference. Mm. Which is a and massive it's a huge amount, amount in terms of suspension adjustments. Yeah, yeah you, you you normally expect to, you know millimeters really. You're looking at like no more than a centimeter of adjustment. Yeah, um, and they've got a whole panel there on the bodywork that can sort of be. Uh, well, you, I, I'm guessing that it's on a slider and you can move it up and down at your discretion with, to within you know yeah any tolerance whatever tolerance they've built into it. And I think you'll have, you'd obviously have your different shrouds to cover it on that panel depending on which setting you've gone with um so that's a really really interesting innovation for mercedes i think it gives them a huge opportunity to have a much 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 bigger setup window for their car and you can see that's where the development appears to have gone is to you know making their car making it easier for them to set up a race car for a race weekend give their give their drivers the opportunity to exploit that car to the maximum so that's with these, what's interesting with Mercedes for me. With these ground effect cars, sort of overall stability and anti-dive and things like that are vital. And that's what Red Bull yeah. have been. Like Adrian Newey said, when these rules came in, straight away he was like, the effectiveness of your floor is a bit of a red herring. The thing that's going to make the difference is the stability of the platform. And yeah. being able to make that suspension adjustment potentially means circuit by circuit they will be able to change that suspension geometry to make the anti-dive and things like that give them a more stable platform which is really promising for them it's that particular point of suspension has a very big effect on the anti-dive of the front of the car and what they're doing is they're they're giving themselves the flexibility to adjust the the amount of dive that is imposed on the car under braking at any particular point. Um, and I, it makes you wonder if they've got a similar facility at the rear of the car as well. I wonder if, like, we, obviously it's impossible to see. And you just wonder if they've, you know, if they've thought of that for the th- for the front of the car, then why I would you think, not implement the same yeah. adjustability on the back of the car, you know? So it'll be interesting to see over the course of the season whether that comes out, whether whether anyone notices sort of different mounting points for the rear, rear suspension as well. Um, for me, it's the it's an exciting thing for Mercedes because that's that is the absolute you know that's the thing that's been killing them for the last yeah. two years. I think is is suspension geometry. Yeah, and- the suspension base is just after the after the initial concept was clear, it wasn't going to work. That base that they had, there was no way to adjust to something else. Was there? they've had to go back to route one essentially? Yeah, redevelop yeah. a base that has this kind of flexibility to it from a setup point of view and practically start again. I think there was a big element of obviously last year understanding that and essentially favoring to working towards what they've got now, Yeah, which looks somewhere more on the lines of actually being able to compete with Ferrari like it should have. Like they should yeah, to you can almost see the thought process because last year they moved their suspension from being sort mm-hmm. of like a few centimeters down the chassis to like basically resting across the top of the chassis yeah. joined up with like a bar. And um, you can almost 
imagine the person designing it thinking, hang on a minute, what if we could have some variability here and have some different mm. positions along the chassis where we can decide where we want these to mount and make make this an adjustable part of the car rather than just relying on, you know, heave springs and all your other bits and bobs that you'd usually use for suspension. Mm-hmm. Why not give ourselves that extra bit of adjustability, which, they, you know, they've shown that kind of innovation in the past with the um, dual axis steering where they could I was say, arrange yeah. the toe. So, you know, the uh, the 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 smarts are there for them to come up with these things and they're finally you know able to implement them i guess you know this feels like an evolution of the thinking that came up with das doesn't it like it's yeah yeah how can we turn this thing that normally you set it and send the car out into a thing that we can actually i mean you can't you you are to just a suspension on the move but it's still giving you another point of adjustability around it's, that front setup yeah it's yeah. to do with obviously turning up a track that's got a completely different geometry to it and being able to i mean you've only got to look at the teams that struggled with the adjustment to circuits that needed a higher ride height like exactly you know this yeah. this this is born of what was it um texas disqualifications that is where it's possible I mean, that that's it's, it's, been a factor it's not in just that but it's born of those kind of issues is what i'm getting i know specifically that scenario but the scenario of trying to find a way to make the car adjustable enough to suit these different kinds of circuits that we visit whilst not compromising performance throughout yeah. those different setups, which is something and that, within the regulations obviously. and yeah and obviously within your regulations like something that red bull were it was clear that having to run higher was slowing the Red Bull down somewhat compared to its normal pace, but it had been developed in such a way that it could run at those higher ride heights and still be competitive, basically. And I think that's what the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes have tried to essentially compete with for this season is finding a way to be adjustable enough to to find that balance between floor performance and suspension performance across the multitude of circuits that we visit yeah um, and, and, and it gives you hope because it shows it right, you that red bull it shows you that red bull aren't the only people innovating in in formula one you know like yeah. there are like teams <laughs> up and down the grid that are all coming up with interesting concepts for red bull to copy next year and get even faster so, so they're not all just <laughs> copying last year's red bull <laughs> well that this yeah. is it like they're not all just co- i mean just look at the red bull we you know yeah, yeah. who are red bull gonna copy well they'll copy mercedes <laughs> like you, there's an argument <laughs> to say I mean, they're not copying Mercedes. It's actually like a T arrangement, isn't it? The, yeah, yeah. It's not just like a ver- vertical thing. So we can throw the Mercedes copy out the window. And there's, but, um, there's already people saying, oh, Red Bull going to evolve into a zero pod design. But there's already pictures of that car with the engine cover off. And yeah. that bodywork is full of stuff. Like you, you yeah. can't just delete the side pods on that. No. They're full of cooling and all sorts. Full of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Worth mentioning with Mercedes as well, they didn't actually do a race sim all tests, so tough to know exactly where they really fit in race pace. Did they wise. not? Nope. They did. They did like long runs, but they never did like a proper race sim coming and do pit stops. Oh man, um, it's just so hard to tell like where yeah, everyone is, so, isn't it? Like, yeah, I've never known it so difficult to tell. Like normally, in in the years we've been doing this, there's normally been like at least like a vague emergence of a pecking order yeah and to me this year this it just feels tough. really 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 so really vague this year 
Um, let's do Aston Martin next. They were like weirdly anonymous the whole test. They did like, yeah. In terms of lap times, that was sort of in the middle ish, um, fourth most laps. Um, over one lap, generally, they maybe seemed a bit slower than McLaren and Mercedes, but then Alonso did a race sim that looked really good. Um, so, so hard to tell. I- yeah, well, I think watching that car go around track, that to me looked like a particularly nice car to drive. Um, Very stable. It looks, it looks it? stable, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think once again, I think Aston have got something this year. I, I think they're keeping their cards very, very close I to mean, their chest. Their fastest times were on harder tyres for the most part, weren't they? The, ta- yeah. the, the fastest times at both drivers' output were on C3s rather than C4s. So the only team, I think, outright faster than them was Red Bull. Like everyone else was like maybe one or the other driver, but not both. Yeah. Red Bull was the only team to do faster times on C3s as their fastest time. So, again, being testing and and the way that it works, not a whole lot you can read into that. But I think there is something there that, you know, they're on C3s and a lot of the, the teams kind of beneath them or around them were either slower on the same tyre or on a softer tyre and still slower. So... Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one because I'm trying to think who else ran them. There was McLaren. McLaren was sort of this is where the McLaren to Aston Martin comparison, I guess, comes in, isn't it? Because there's there's elements where the McLaren looks better than the Aston, and areas where the Aston looks better than the McLaren. So might be a little bit of back and forth between them. I think going into this these early stages of the season, at least from from what the minimal bits that you can take from testing, I would say that. Alonso is probably going to be mixing it with those two to some degree fairly early in the season, I would say. Yeah, I, must... I reckon they're quicker than that. I think I think they're going to be up Aston there. or McLaren. Aston. Aston. I think McLaren right. had a good base coming into this, though. I think what they what they had from the end of last season, although what they've done to it is fairly modest. It's a kind of well, don't broke, uh, don't fix what he yeah, broke kind I mean, of thing. It's it's got it to be gradual. Last year, wasn't it? So, um, yeah. so I think I think that there's a bit of cards close to the chest from a McLaren point of view, as is, is, is there is with a lot of the teams. So mm-hmm. I can I can see Alonso giving Norris and Piastri a run for the money and vice versa going into these first few races. Yeah, my my suspicion at the moment is that Ferrari, obviously Red Bull. Are, look the fastest i think ferrari are going to be not that far behind them and then your mclaren mercedes aston group is just too close to call i think at the moment um and potentially minardi snapping at their heels as well that did look like an okay car didn't it can we just call minardi the team without a name because no, RB like officially RB. doesn't actually stand for anything. RB just—they've said themselves it's just it RB. It stands for RB. It yeah. stands for RB. So it means nothing. It's a meaningless. It's a team without a name. I think. I think one of their bosses actually said in an interview originally it did stand for Racing Balls, but we dropped that. But we decided RB just sounded nice, so it's just RB. <laughs> so yeah, it's, no, it's a team without a name then. <laughs> um, an exercise in how to not brand your Formula One team. Yeah. Looks it looked decent though. Um, it did, yeah, it looked decent. It did though. look decent. I think I reasonably fact, midfield. 
<laughs> I almost wonder if they were holding back a little bit because they know the second they show some pace, they are going to get protested to hell because you know all the other teams around them are ready to get complain about yeah. the way that team is set up and their closeness to Red Bull. So now, so. I, I noticed something interesting that I don't know how much I read into this and how much I don't, but I was on LinkedIn of all places the other day and I saw that team advertising for tons of jobs based in Italy, based out in where they've always been based. And it makes me wonder how much is actually staying out there um, because all the jobs that were listed were based, were saying that they were based there. And it was so just like a really kind of... throwaway thing that I happened, just like literally doing my daily LinkedIn check as I do and happened to see these jobs. And I were thought, they engineering hmm. type jobs, or there were all sorts. There were, huh. they weren't necessarily. Um, I don't think they were. They were more entry level jobs. I must admit, like the kind of things that they were advertising. But oh. they they were across the board. Um, Probably because that's why all the good people have moved to Milton Keynes now. Yeah, they've got a load of vacancies in well, Italy. That, yeah, so that it it makes me wonder. Like, it is the. Is there an element here of like Red Bull obviously poaching people that are doing a good job at uh, the team <laughs> formerly known as, and they're now having to recruit to replace them yeah. as well? But you'd, you, that would be natural, wouldn't it? If you own, if if you own two teams, yeah, you know th- th- that team was always the junior Red Bull team. So you you would promote for in theory, you'd promote your best. I mean, look at what they do with drivers. Well, the, in theory, what they have, yeah, th- the point was to get you know young drivers in that team and they eventually find their way to Red Bull, which historically has been the case. So why should it be any different with... Um, yeah. Yeah, so for very, very quick stuff. context, there's like jobs as garage technicians, um, aerodynamics. So aerodynamics is based in the UK, but then the 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 technician stuff, like the on-site technician stuff, is based in Italy. Interesting. Composite well, that's designer. Also, a lot of that stuff as well is, like, is stuff that... In um, Italy, they, you know, the um, the mechanical things are all they share a platform with Red Bull now, right? Like the suspension, yeah. gearbox, it's... a lot of the a lot of the components are Red Bull components. So, yeah, you don't necessarily it... need anyone to be designing a whole new suspension. You just need technicians to adjust the suspension and put it together and take it to bits whenever. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Whenever they need to. So, it, it uh, looks to me though. like there's going to be some sort of hybrid for them, and that it's probably some sort of float in the rules, the line of the rules where it's only so much they're going to get away with being alongside the Red Bull stuff. I mean, I they know. are still an Italian team, so there has to be yeah. surely at l- more than 50% of the team has to operate out of the country registered. Well, you well, don't, that, who knows? Who I knows? mean, you, you say that, not. but Red Bull are registered as an Austrian team. No, that's true. Actually, so yeah. it's meaningless. Um, this is where the money comes also, from. this could all just be like a, a whole ruse. Like it could be, oh, let's just put a load of jobs up. Just because the jobs are there doesn't mean they have to I make mean, the hires. There is <laughs> you know? that. Like, there is that. There's just, there's just a, the factory there in Italy and they just pay people to walk in there every day and walk out to make it look <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. an operating factory. <laughs> it's just a um, massive server farm for CFD. Yeah. <laughs> um, who should we talk about next? Williams, um, 
Williams, in what was a test of very good reliability, Williams probably had the worst of that. They did the least laps of anyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it worked, it looked... Looked all right. Looked all right. Definitely looked, at the very least, like they have carried on from the progress they made towards the end of last season. Um, I think it, it's got some aerodynamic bits on it that are interesting and unique to the Williams, which I suppose yeah, the front wing, is the... The front wing wedge things? Yeah. yeah. And that feels like the rules around wind tunnel testing and CFD in action. Like, they have yeah. some interesting bits on that. They've had time to do some more experimental stuff around, I suppose, because they mm. are towards the bottom end of the standings the last couple of years. Um but yeah, shame about the reliability. Um, shame Logan Sargent had one of the only spins of the entire test, I think. Well, he um, had the most spectacular off of anyone, didn't he? He was sort he of like did. straight across the gravel, almost into the barrier. Was he in the barrier? Yeah. He wasn't in the barrier, was Not he? Quite. No, no, Not no quite. one in the wall for the whole no test. No one in the wall. No, barely a red flag. The only red flags were for yeah. the track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And then behind it, probably behind them, Sauber, Haas, and Alpine. Um, Sauber yeah, and Haas have not the... got a whole lot to say about. They just no. looked kind of slow. They looked yeah. they looked really, yeah, barely average, didn't they? They looked better than yeah. Alpine, but no. I mean, Haas, you know, Haas spent a lot of time. Did, did an entire? T- they, I don't think they did a fast run. Haas. I don't think they did a, like a performance run at all. They they spent their entire time concentrating on long runs and getting on top of their tire issues that they've had because they, they've had a reasonably okay qualifying car yeah but an absolutely shocking car when it comes to tire deg and the race so um i think there's been really focused on solving those issues you wonder about the center of gravity of that car whether like maybe you know in the past maybe like they've had the fuel tank too high or something and that's just like mm. putting too much way wear into the tires i know mercedes had their fuel tank in that you know in the first era first season of this era of rules the fuel tank was basically behind the driver's head yeah yeah and um it meant that over the course of the race the tire deg would be quite high at the beginning of the race but it, as the fuel burnt off it it become less and less much more kind of disproportionately to the rest of the grid so they're always really really much quicker than maybe you'd expect them to be towards the end of a race because the deg was so high at the start of the race because that fuel's just sloshing around like dragging the car everywhere with it (laughs) and you wonder if that's the issue that um or a similar issue a center of gravity issue maybe is something that might have been affecting uh the horses um but they did uh more laps than anyone else, which is good because it yeah. feels like they're normally on the teams towards the bottom of that list. So mm. if nothing else, they seem to have built a reliable car. But then again, yeah. everyone seems to have like oh, these lap counts yeah. are so much higher than you used to get. Like yeah. the, they the are reliability these solid. days is unbelievable. But that's that's um, a good thing. It means they're not, you great, know, yeah. it means they're not smashing through parts and, and being all wasteful. Like the, the you know, the things they do they build yeah. are built to last and they work. So and I think that's that's an effect of what these you know the penalty rules around yeah. making components, engine components, bits and bobs last much longer. That is a direct product. This is a direct product of that set of rules, I think. And it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, which leaves us with Alpine, um, the other team that didn't complete a race sim for the whole test, but 
the general consensus seems to be that that is not a good race car. Um, it was um, the what? What's the German publication called? I've never remember the Bottle and Motorsport. That's the one. Yeah. That their headline said, so, or their description said something like, "It's not fast over one lap. It's not got good race pace. <laughs> it's overweight. It's draggy. It's like just all the negatives you could think of." Um, Jolyon Palmer said he was like watching it go around the corners, and it looked like every time the car arrived at a corner, it surprised the driver with what it did. Like there was just no consistency it's in the just, way the car behaved. They, it's not a fun car to be in. I don't think a, is it. It looks like a real dog. Like there's a yeah. there's a genuine chance that could be the slowest car for this first couple yeah. of races. Got to put some more paint on it though over the course of testing. Oh, good. Maybe they're trying to balance out the weight a bit, little stroke of paint at a time. Yeah, God, that's was... some like very specific balancing, yeah. isn't it? That team yeah. just baffles me though. Like the money. Maybe that's what they were waiting for. Maybe that's what they were waiting for. Learn where the balance issue is, and then put the paint then put on the, the areas on, yeah. where they need the ballast. <laughs> but like the money not... and the personnel and the drivers that team has, and they're just continue to do nothing with it like yeah how many times have they said like oh the new hundred race plan starts now <laughs> like yeah. yeah looks like they need a new hundred race plan starting mm. uh yeah starting bahrain as yeah, Wes has just pointed out in the chat saying good thing they can opmar if obviously he's being sarcastic but it does <laughs> genuinely feel like there's an element of since they got rid of him, it's just got even worse. Like he was probably one of the key people actually holding it somewhat together. Oh, Otmar's probably sat at home watching testing, just laughing himself. Rubbing silly. his hands together, laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't wait for um, this to play out. Yeah. And that's it. That's all the teams. Any any further thoughts on how things look? What we're expecting? I would not want to embarrass myself by making any, I mean, we're about to make a load of predictions, but I, right now I can't, I literally, I, I can't make any serious predictions about Bahrain and about, about how the season's going to go. I think we're, obviously we're going to find out in just a, just a few days um, mm. on in less than five days, like four days now, like Friday qualifying is this week. So um, I'm excited to see where everything does shake out. Cause obviously as soon as the, as soon as the timer starts for qualifying, that's when it's business time, and we're all gonna sort of mm. take the sandbags out and have a have a have a look yeah. at what what each of us brought to the party. But and I think there were a lot of sandbags in this test. It feels yeah. like no one really sent it. The only one that really feels like they showed their hand is um, Joe popped up with like the fourth fastest time of the test on the last yeah. day, and. No one for a second believes that that car is the third or fourth fastest car. That was that definitely felt like a glory run. Yeah, but that was kind of it. Like no one else seemed yeah. to well, really. I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried that the Mercedes run at the end with Russell, that they felt maybe like they could have been a bit, possibly a bit glory runny, which is concerning. Yeah. Um, mm. But as long as for, you know, my my. Let's not talk about expectations. Let's talk about hopes. And my hope <laughs> is, my, my, I have hope upon hope that A, that uh, Perez shows up, mm-hmm. B, that Ferrari show up, and C, that the, the rest behind are not, that, not as far behind as they have been, so they can be in the mix and at least, you know, make, it, make things interesting. It, if only during qualifying make things. I mean, qualifying last year actually wasn't terrible. 
qualifying was arguably the more exciting part of oh, the sure. of the season um, across the year. So if they if they can just get that little bit closer and just make things difficult for Red Bull, don't let them walk it again. Then I'll be yeah. I'll, I will continue to watch Formula One if that's the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> shall we do some season predictions then? Um, we do this most years now. We sort of this time of the year we'll all do a. F- a few predictions of sort of starting at things we actually think will happen and getting increasingly bold um, <laughs> as we go on. Um, I've got a few ideas in mind. Yeah. Uh, I've how got, many, I've got how some, many are we doing? How many do one each. Do three each. Do a, three uh, each. a, a dead cert, a less yeah. of a dead cert, and a ridiculous prediction. Okay. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll give you what I think is my fairly certain one. Mm-hmm. Go on. Alpine won't score a point for eight races or more. Ooh, that's really similar to one I had, which I won't do now. I had as an idea that Alpine won't get a top five finish all season. But um, I like yours more. Well, there you go. There's there. There are two. That's two Alpine based. No, I want, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna do a different one. I don't want to have another Alpine one. Um, instead, I will say. I'll keep it simple. Three teams will win a race. At least three teams will win a race. Okay. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, my one is also simple. Red Bull will be at least on the podium at every single race. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay. Now we need to do a slightly less likely one. A slightly less likely. Before going to complete fantasy. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Ooh, this is okay. By midway, at least two drivers in the top three won't be. Red Bulls. So only one, like at least two of the top three drivers at halfway won't be a Red Bull driver. What? Are you saying midway mathematically or summer break? Uh, how does it fall? Um, I actually don't know when the summer break is. This year. Let's go summer break. Let's go August. summer break. Let's go summer break. So at summer break, at summer break, the top three drivers will have at least two drivers that aren't in a Red Bull. I'll write that out in the list. Oh, I? so you think Perez is going to drop off, basically? And it said that specifically. That's you putting words in my mouth. I said... <laughs> well, it's not going to be Verstappen, is it? <laughs> at least two drivers won't be in a red film. That's two of the, top, also two of the really perceived sim- top, top three drivers. Yeah, okay. That's also extremely similar to one I was thinking of. So I'm going to have to change that again now. Well, this is the power of going first, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> What was, what was your one that I've come very close to? I was going to say the top three in the Drivers' Championship will all be from different teams. I mean, yeah, it's similar. Not it's, quite it's, the it's, same, but it's, it's similar. Yeah. Okay, instead, something slightly less likely. Um, I will say for my less likely one that... Stu, you one. go next. Yeah, I've got you one. go next. Um, <laughs> both Mercedes and Ferrari will win more than one race. That's my next 
Both of them will win more than one race. Both teams will win more than one race, yeah. Okay. I'll I'll write that in. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. You've got to go your second one now because I've got to give you my complete fantasy one. Um, Lewis Hamilton will get at least one more win before he leaves Mercedes. Okay, that's that's a fair. Are you ready for one wild one Hamilton win? You're predicting at least one Hamilton. At least least one one Hamilton Hamilton win. win. Okay, are you ready for my wild one? Yeah, give us the wild one. I'm trying to think how the best way of wording it. Okay. How how many races total have we got this season? I'm trying to put a number on this. 24. Okay, so... Carlos Sainz will mathematically still be able to win the the title with four races to go. Okay. That's... Yeah. I don't think that's that bad i don't think that's like such a sort of out there well, what, what i was what i was gonna say is i don't know if that's quite how i wanted to word it originally basically my original thought in my head was carlos science will still be a legitimate title contender with at least four races to go okay that's that's i like that that's that's what that's i'm getting at. i think it I, I don't, yeah i don't know that's a really it's a very obviously that's a very difficult thing to predict so yeah yeah and especially given we don't we've just got no clue how close the season's going to be hope i hope you're right tom i really 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 <laughs> me too because then i can then i don't have to burn my 55 signs ferrari cap as soon as i would have thought <laughs> yeah. I, I won't begrudge you those points at the end of the season if you've got that right uh out there prediction uh, now Obviously, there's a silly season season approaching. So part of me is like, do we do I do make some crazy predictions about the Mercedes I'll add, seat? I'll add a caveat to mine that um, that goes with it because it's Carlos Sainz caveat, and we'll have also pre-signed for Audi. Oh, for Audi. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's an interesting one. Um, I also had a driver. I'm, I'm guessing you're thinking of the Mercedes seats, you? I was, but. How about this then? Because I'd I'd also got one on my shortlist. So how about we'll all do a bonus prediction? Who's going to replace Hamilton? That okay? We'll do that as a bonus. Oh, that means I've got to come up with a whole other prediction now. (laughs) Um, Okay, I've got I've got a wild one. While you're thinking, go on then. Um, My prompts me into thinking of mine. My last wild one is that Daniel Ricciardo will get a podium. Ooh, That's that's good. I like that. Um. Okay, my wild one is Fernando Alonso will lead the championship at some point. Ooh, I like nice. that. Nice. That's very good. Nice. And then we need to fit, predict who's going to take Hamilton's seat. In, in the bonus section of predictions, who will take Hamilton's <laughs> bonus seat? Bonus round. Um, I... Do either of you have anything ready to go? Because I do, if not. I do. I have mine ready to go. Okay. I have mine go ready then. to go. Yeah, I've gone first on everything. You guys can go before me and we'll see. Go on, Chris, I'm you going go to say Alex Albon. <laughs> Stu, <laughs> are you going to say the same thing? Oh, you're so wrong. Uh, okay, Stu's yeah, going completely fun. different. Go on. go on, Stu. Kimi Antonelli. I think he's going to do it. Okay. That that was 
Stu that said that, not me. Yes. Yeah, that was that wasn't you. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> that was me. Just just checking. I know we're both pretty northern, but come on. Uh, <laughs> we can tell our own voices from the other person. <laughs> um, I mean, I was going to say the same thing as as you, Chris. I I think that even if oh, really? Antonelli has a good year, I think that there will be some sort of deal reached with Williams, and they'll sneak away Albon briefly. Ooh. And maybe loan the man to LA to let him get used to being in Formula One. Interesting. So you're saying Albon as well? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised no one said Alonso. Alonso's been quite vocal about that seat. I think he I, I think he fancies he a bit of he mm. fancies a bit of Mercedes works team. But I guess he'll uh, he'll make his mind up after Bahrain. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to a point soon where Alonso is driven for every team on the grid. <laughs> we can't be far off that realistically as well. Maybe that's the new target he set himself. He tried to do the um, what's it called, the Indy Five Hundred Le Mans Monaco. God, I'm blanking. Yeah, what's yeah. that the, called? The Grand Slam. Oh, the Triple the Crown. Slam, the Triple Crown. Triple Crown. Yeah. yeah. He's now got his own version of it where he just drives every team. You can tell <laughs> no. we're all getting older, can't you? Because no one can no one can remember anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And all the references um, we make are so dated. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Wanna... I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done a um, a rankings board for this. <laughs> a tier, yeah. a tier league. No, no. I can't even think. I can't even think of words TMA anymore. It's been a long, been a long off season. Should we move on to Bahrain? Yeah, yeah. storylines. Do I we have any, are there storylines? Can we come up with any? I mean, one storyline, interesting storyline, could be: Will Christian Horner still be in a job by the time mm-hmm. he gets to Bahrain? I think well, it's. Yeah. I think it's safe to um, sort of talk about at least the the speculation about what's happening. So, was there um, a yeah. deadline to the internal stuff? I feel like it was like no. the end of. February. Well, they, they've yeah. said they've said by the end of, but they've said now Ford have sort of piped up that they they've said that they want to have it solved by the start of the season so by Bahrain Um, press today have been saying that they're expecting a resolution tomorrow or Wednesday so by the time you listen to this we might already know the outcome of it yeah so um that's one storyline to to take you into into the season opener um what else we got um obviously just the pecking order well, yeah. finally, yeah. finally, finally, having had such a confusing cloak and dagger, you know, so many unknowns. I think in in this in this testing season this year, we'll finally get to see who's who's got the goods and who hasn't, whose ideas have worked, whose haven't, which drivers have got the legs on their teammates early doors, who's going to come out of the blocks like a greyhound, scolded greyhound, and who isn't. So. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then, if I was to think of one more, what have you? Do you can you guys think of any storylines for? Um, I mean, the, I think the interesting one is going to be working out where the team formerly known as fit. That's I what think I was going to say. That's yeah. the interesting bit for me um, to look out for is as teams start showing true pace in practice and going into quality and stuff like that, we'll start to see where they end up. And I think that they'll be. From from what I can see and what you can gather from testing, I think that there'll be strong Q3 contenders early on, which is very good for them considering where they were last season. Yeah. Because yeah. as you said, ruffle some feathers. 
you know, regardless yeah. of how they may have achieved it, at least it's a good thing for the sport that they're up there mixing with the other teams. To some degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do want more teams to be competitive, don't you? So, for sure. Yeah. As, as long as it's not a copy of last year's Red Bull, which it doesn't, to be fair, on, on the top of it, the, on the, but I mean, the top surfaces don't really matter. Like I keep saying, it's it's the mm. bottom series surfaces underneath yeah. the car and how they interact with the air and how they flex. So, and they'll know they'll know how to layer the carbon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they to, will to make it work. So yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I think that's it. I think we need to do some predictions, guys. Let's do some predictions. Yeah. Right. So, for those of you who are new to us this season, you may not be aware, but we host a predictions league which you can get involved with on our website at backofthegrid.com. Um, the premise is fairly simple. We ask you to predict the the fastest person in Q3, the winner of the race, the first person out of the race uh, through DNF, the number of finishers, and then we will pick um, one random driver through Chris's random selection tool, and we will predict their finishing position. Um, it's always worth getting involved throughout the season because even though we do have a, a season-long table and then a winner at the end of it an ultimate champion we do have prizes every single race weekend if you manage to get five out of five so it's always worth getting involved um if you want to find out more there's a little bit something like kind of the rules about what counts or what all that kind of stuff it's all covered on there so head to back of the grid.com um by the time you're hearing this there will also be some links up to our grid rival fantasy league which we did we've done for the last couple of seasons um so there'll be a link for that for that, the old league kind of restarts. So if you were in it last season, in theory, you should be in it automatically again. But if you want to re-enter under a new team or or you're new to it, you can click that link and join there. And then same with the F1 league. We will be setting one of those up, which, again, by the time you're hearing this, will be in the um, the fantasy section, one for each league. So click on those if you want to join either of those. All right. So let's make our predictions, boys. Um, the most difficult one of the season probably by yeah. far um anyone want to be the guy that goes first for fastest in q3 i think it's an easy i think it's going to be max verstappen i want to put my money where my mouth well am i putting my money where my mouth is i don't know but i i think it is max verstappen okay chris anything from you to add to that i think it's going to be charles leclerc Mm. Okay, and that that makes me feel less naive by saying Carlos Sainz. Ooh, so I would love a Carlos Sainz World Championship. That that oh, is the narrative I am here for. This is, He's I'm, losing I'm a seat, and he wins that. the World Championship for Ferrari. I, that is I'd my been, dream. I'd have been up for it anyway, regardless. But the circumstances he has found himself yeah. in just make it that much more appealing to me this season. Now there's this usually. narrative of like, will Hamilton be the one to go to Ferrari and like yeah. get them the championship? And so- <laughs> Carlos is like, Imagine. you know, I'm still here, guys. Yeah, I'm here for the Schudenfreude. That's what <laughs> I, I want. That. Ferrari, I, I live for Ferrari Schudenfreude. Yeah. Um, the question is, can Ferrari actually win it? I'm going to Tom's say no. Down. Yeah, I'm going to say no on that part. And as much as it will be an amazing start, to the weekend for Ferrari, I think Verstappen will come out on top on race pace and Ferrari will either have not quite cracked the race pace fully yet. Maybe the deg thing will creep back in a little bit or just a poor decision, but in some way Verstappen will end up winning that race, I believe. Chris? 
I'm going to stick my neck out and say Leclerc. Ooh, a double let. Chuck McClure, you're putting your money where your mouth is. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go inverse to Tom. Ooh. And I'm going to say science for the win. I like it. I'd take that. Especially mm-hmm. with my other predictions, <laughs> season-long stuff. Yeah, I mean, I okay. might lose that, but you know, what? I think I will do this year. I think I will do a, a fantasy, league, an F one fantasy league this year. I didn't do it last year because it was too stressful. Um, <laughs> because I, I, I get so busy that it's, it is really difficult for me to to keep track sometimes. I did but a I terrible think, job of keeping up last year. I think this this last two years in it, and the year before I didn't do it because I was working for F one, and I'd have to do my predictions league right at the busiest point of my weekend, like between <laughs> yeah. practice three and qualifying. Yeah, that and is. Um, it just made it really difficult to sort of you know do all my work and do a predictions league. So it kind of <laughs> it had to drop off. The <laughs> thing I had to do my job <laughs> and not worry about predict, uh, doing predictions. But yeah, this year I think I'll I think I'm ready to come back to it. <laughs> Look, if Stu can talk himself into it, anyone can. Yeah. Back to the grid.com. First DNF. <laughs> first DNF. Um, Who hasn't been first yet? Me. This Stu. Um, Stu. It's on you this one. Who then. will be the first DNF? I think um, it's going to be a team that's not had as much mileage of us. It's like it's possible mm. that there could be some technical gremlins. I think. McLaren could be a candidate for some technical gremlins early doors in the season. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Piastri. Wow. How dare you? As resident McLaren super fan, (laughs) I disagree. I mean, I would hate, I I don't want it, but I just, that's that's going to be my prediction. It just hurts me that you're going there so soon. Um, I'm going to go with one of the Alpines. Um, It was literally a flip of the coin of which, so I went with Gasly. Am I, I in some sort of time dilation? Because that was typed into the document way, 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 way before you said <laughs> it. And I'm just worried about there's some audio issue going on. <laughs> and it's Don't like worry about audio issue, as well. my friend. I literally um, like kind of hovered over the keyboard and to see if I landed over G or O first, and it was G. Uh, so I just typed it as you were saying Piastri. <laughs> I was just looking at the list while you were doing that, and I also landed on Gasly. So I'm not going to let your choice influence me. I'm going to stick with Gasly. Okay. Right, number of finishers. Um, I think, generally speaking, we'll probably be all right here. Reliability looks good. It's going to come down to on-track issues, I think, more than anything. So I'm going to go... Things like drain covers coming off. And things like drain them. covers or renegade drivers. So There's I'm no, going to no go... on the grid. I'm going to go 18 for this one. That's a strong guess. Uh, who's next? Either of you, you fight out amongst yourselves. Do you have a number in mind, Chris? I didn't. It was eighteen, but in the interest of not <laughs> having two categories the same as Tom, I'm going to go really confident and say nineteen. Nineteen. Yes. Okay, I'll go seventeen yes. then. Okay, that solves that one. In in the theme of tonight's show, um, can you give us a random driver, Chris, and then I'll guess it, and then you can say, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to do. Uh, ran. Oh, random drivers. Esteban Ocon. Ouch. 18th. He's last on the road. Gazza's already out. 18th. (laughs) Done. 19th. I think he's the second DNF. Ooh. I'll go slightly better then and say 17th. 
Oh, poor finishing. Esteban. You've been finishing ahead of other cars. Wow. You are a bold yeah. man. This is gonna Someone's this is gonna bite me and Stu in the ass so much when they're in like Q three and pushing for it's gonna points. bite everybody when they've well, been yeah, sandbagging actually. harder than anyone's ever sandbagged and they've got <laughs> rocky shit. Oh god. I mean that's that's just not gonna be the case. I'd be no, so shocked. It's not. I'd be very surprised if that is the case. I wanna change your predictions to Ocon winner, Ocon pole, <laughs> Ocon first, the fastest. No. Mm. <laughs> Okay. And that is us done. So if you want to get involved, as I said before, head to backtogood.com. Information for all this there and the fantasy leaks. A couple of bits of inbox before we go, gents. Yep. Yep. Keep me saying now. Stay stay out. Box, box, box. Hey, man. (laughs) Paul D says, hey, man, do you think Ferrari extended Charles' contract too soon? There hasn't been much between him and Carlos in previous seasons. If Carlos is quickest of the two this season, they will they regret their decision? Well, they will if my fantasy comes true, won't they? Yeah. yeah it I'm would right. be a potential... I was going to say it would be a red face if that happens, but it wouldn't because I feel like they'd tie themselves in knots to make excuses for Leclerc because um, he is their golden boy. Um, yeah. I don't know if they extended his contract too soon. I think the length of the extension they gave him was maybe a bit short-sighted, given... Do it, Does anyone even know what length of contract they've given? Um, Just multi-year was what I, I read. They were really secretive about it. I yeah, think... but didn't, he already had another two years to go, and they've extended on that by multiple years. So in theory, that leaves him with at least four seasons so four after years, this, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that mathematically works out. It, it, I think it keeps just... him in the car officially until 2028, basically. I think yeah. the way it would work out. I mean, it's, I mean, it's sure similar to the one Verstappen's got, I think, because Verstappen's yeah. got a crazy long one, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah. But we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't certain. know. Yeah, Verstappen's there until the end of 2028 as well. Oh, I we know that. Leclerc. But we, 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 truthfully, we don't actually know how long Truthfully, Leclerc's we don't know. Passing. No. Yeah, I mean, um, it might not. I, it might not be there past the end of 2025, depending on what Hamilton does when he goes. There. I mean, if Hamilton turns up and makes Leclerc look, um, look like the driver Stu's been claiming for the last couple of years, then it's going to be very embarrassing for Ferrari. But that's it. That's a year off yet. Yeah. Next one. Uh, other question this week from Knit234. Is Alpine actually in trouble? Yes. Yes. Absolutely, yes. yes. Guaranteed. Yeah. They're I... getting sold. They're getting sold to Chevrolet, Cad- Cadillac, or whoever it is. Because they're in such a weird place now, because I've had all these big-name investors come on board. So they're, you know, they've got a lot of people to answer to now. But I, I really just can't see how much longer the Renault board are going to be interested in spending money on this because mm. it's just not achieving anything. Yeah. So, yeah, if nothing else, it may well be a routine for Andretti. Um, yeah. Let's hope so. And I think that's probably enough for a podcast this week. Um, yeah. Thank you, as ever, for joining us. Um, as Tom said, if you want to take a look at the Predictions League or either of the Fantasy Leagues, you can go to backofthegrid.com to find out all about that. 
Um, please don't forget that the Grand Prix this weekend is on Saturday, not Sunday. Ooh. So predictions will be closing for qualifying, which is, um, I believe, four o'clock on Friday evening UK time. Yeah, it and is. Thanks, yes. F1. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see almost nothing live this weekend for the first uh, round of the season, which is which is great. Thanks, Just shows everyone. us how excited you are for, for this season. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch, Instagram, Facebook, X, Twitter, whatever that's called, all of those things, uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash back the grid to find out how you can get involved with our Discord, um, where you can join our nice little community we have there. You can listen to live recordings of the episode all of that good stuff um and i think that's it so we'll be back in a week's time to talk about the first grand prix of the 2024 season let's hope for a a very exciting one but until then thanks again for joining us and goodbye bye everyone bye